Do you have a reason to praise? Would you just look at somebody and say, I've got a reason to praise. Did you get up this morning? You got breath in your body? You got life this morning? We still got reason to praise. Amen. Amen. That's all right. Give him a hand clap of praise his house. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. Come on, somebody. You can sit down if you can. Praise the Lord. What a blessing to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Man, I don't know about you, but I just sense that God wants to do something today. And I just, I'm expecting. How many come with an expectation? You know, if I go to the restaurant not expecting to eat, then I'm probably not going to eat. Right? But I go with an expectation that there's going to be something prepared before me. And that I can receive from that. Amen? Good to have Sister Brown with us this morning. Good to have Zach with us. 12-hour journey. He come to keep, he come to keep Alex straight. I want to tell you all something. I am super proud of Mr. Alec. Alex. This guy last week, uh, I called him. We were up in Gatlinburg at the marriage retreat last weekend. And I'm like, I was worried about how the sidewalks would be. And I, I wasn't sure if there would be ice on the sidewalks or snow on the sidewalks. I called this young man, and he, he jumped to it. He said, Pastor, I'll go buy salt. I'll bring my scraper. Whatever we need to do, we'll make sure the sidewalks are clear. And I, I appreciate a young man who, who has a work ethic, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. The other side of that is I knew he was from New York and he was accustomed to it. <laughs> Amen. God is good, isn't he? And all the time, God is good. Praise the Lord. You know, what I, what I sense in, in stirring in me over the last 24 hours is that God wants to cancel the enemy's assignment over you. I just feel like that, that we, we often find ourselves in a spot and we wonder how we got there. How many of you ever had that moment in your life? You know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, you look in the mirror and then you look back in the mirror and it's like, what happened? How did I get here? You know? Um, I look in the mirror nowadays and I'm thinking, where did that young kid go? Right? And, and, and Kathy just like, bam, what happened? I mean, all of a sudden you're 70. I mean, if you're like Cecil, you just turned 80. All of a sudden 80 and you just turned 70. Come on. 29 at heart, though. The only struggle I have in my home is that when I look at Kim, she's still 18, and I don't understand how this happened. You know, the, the fact is, is that Samson never intended to be in the captivity that he found himself. Samson was a warrior. He was a man of God. He, he Following the law, following the plan that God had for him, but gradually... He began to dabble in things that he shouldn't dabble. Gradually, he began to compromise in ways that he shouldn't compromise and ultimately found himself in the bondage. And, and I'm sure that as he was trying to push that mill wheel around, grinding, that he, he, 
he was wondering, Lord, how could this happen? Lord, why did this happen? How did I get here? And so often I find that if you look at Israel and the cycle of Israel, they found themselves over and over again abundantly blessed of God, delivered by the power of God, delivered by the hand of God, and yet they found themselves as a generation would pass or as a, 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 a group would pass that they would begin gradually slipping away, gradually not as focused as they were when God delivered them, gradually compromised into the scheme of the society that they were living in and the culture that they were living in and once again found themselves in bondage over and over again. We might say amen there or we might say oh me, right? Because the, the reality is, is that it's a cycle that we too find ourselves in. We find ourselves uh, riding our high mountains and we're so excited and, 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 and gradually as we wane from our experience of God, we wane from those moments of when we uh, felt the presence of God so strongly and how he touched us and transformed us and, and, and little by little we inch away. Little by little we, we get comfortable where we are and how many understand that God never wants us to be comfortable in a plateau of his presence. He wants us to be continually growing, right? I mean, if, if you plant a garden and it stops growing, it's not alive anymore. Amen? If you plant a garden, there's an expectation for the garden to grow and produce. And if the garden stops growing, it becomes unproductive. It doesn't produce anything else. And therefore, it is dead. God wants us to be alive this morning. Amen? How many want to be alive? Amen. I want to be alive. I want to walk in His presence. I want to know that I'm not burdened down with the yoke of the enemy. Come on. How many know that when you get yoked with the yoke of the enemy, it kind of burdens you down, weighs you down a little bit? How many have ever been in that place where you just felt like, I just want to get out of this bondage. I just want to get set free. I'm tired of living under the weight of all of this uh, backstory and all of this stuff and bondage that maybe I put myself in or maybe somebody else has put on me, but I'm tired of living in that way. I remember sitting in my dorm room a couple of years back. <laughs> couple of years, 28, so, something like that. And I remember, that just sounds a long time ago, but anyway, I remember in a worship time, my, my roommate, Paul Bowling, would come in, and, and he would be, I, I would come in from whatever day had been, and, and he'd have his keyboard out. He wrote something like 80 songs in, in two semesters. He was just a, a worship, passionate leader in worship. And I'd come in and, and tears would be rolling down his face. And I'd walk in and just like, whew. You feel the glory of God when you walk in and like, whoo, come on, somebody. And, and I remember coming in and sitting there one day and, and, and I just wanted to praise, but I just, there was an agitation. There was something stirring in me. There was an aggravation that was going on. And, and I'm thinking, what is this? Because here's the presence of God. How many know that when there's a presence of God, sometimes the enemy, how many, how, how many understand that the enemy don't like that? And if you have 
assignments against you from the enemy, if you have attachments that have attached to you through the course of the day and you get into the, that presence of God, that attachment doesn't like it. And that uneasy feeling begins to stir. And, and I remember as I was sitting there praying that I was trying to just yell out Jesus. And it was like, hard to get out. And finally, as I just continued to worship, I had that moment, Sherry, where I just had to shout. It couldn't be just a Jesus. <laughs> it couldn't be just a little bitty, help me, Lord. <laughs> I, had to, I had to give a shout out, right? The, boy, the, the Word of God says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. How many know triumph is not always a, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was heartbreaking yesterday to see Tennessee not do, I mean, but the women won. You got something to be thankful for. Come on. But you watch these guys, and they slam dunk, and as soon as they slam dunk, it's, you know, yeah, I got this. Eight foot tall people, us vertically challenged people, just walking around like, I might can touch the bottom of the net anyway. But victory has a sound. Breakthrough has a sound. Because when they walked around Jericho, they had to be quiet for a few days, right? But victory has a sound because in the last moment. The Lord told them to shout, right? Come on, right? And so in that moment of worshiping with my roommate those years ago, there had to be a sound come out. And, and, and I probably scared him, but I just said, Jesus! Jesus! Because I want to break free and break through. You know, the Word of God tells us, Jesus said this, he said, my yoke is easy in Matthew 11. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, we can look at, we can look at Isaiah chapter 10, 27. It says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. Look, I, I don't know what burden that you have carried in today. I don't know what you walk through every day. Or maybe it's a past experience or a hurt that you have felt. But I'm here to tell you that the anointing of God breaks the stronghold. It, is, it breaks the yoke of the enemy off of your life. Amen? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I mean... You do realize that, that the enemy is not just wandering around doing nothing. The Word of God tells us the enemy is out seeking whom he may devour. John 10, 10 says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So if, if we walk around thinking that, that we are not under attack or the enemy is just leisurely walking around there high-fiving people saying, man, look at you. 
No, let me tell you something. The enemy wants to see you defeated. The enemy does not want to see you successful. The enemy does not want to see you productive. And if you look at your life and you question, Lord, am I walking in the presence and power of God? Am I walking in the anointing of God? Am I lifting up your name? Is my life glorifying to you? And if, if, if you look back and say, Lord, there's more that I need to be doing. And what has hindered me? And we need to, to, to align ourselves with the plan and purpose of God, knowing that it is God's will for us to walk in fruitfulness in His presence. Amen? So when I think about that, I realize that there are times in my life that, or seasons in my life, I should say, that have been a battle, that have been hard for me to, to break through, that have been hard for me to overcome, that have been hard for me to, to see myself fulfilling what God wants me to do. How many ever been there? Been in those dry places? Been in those hard places? And you're just wondering, God, I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels. God, I just feel like I just can't get anything done. God, I feel like every door is being closed. And, and Lord, I don't know what to do. And, and so oftentimes we, we are doing all the opening, right? We're doing all the knocking. And, and we have to realize that it, there's moments that it takes a supernatural anointing of God to break the yoke. It takes a supernatural anointing of God to open the door, to break off whatever it is that has bound us, whatever chain, whatever attachment, whatever generational curse, whatever that may be, it takes the anointing of God. Amen? Micah chapter 2, verse 13. says, the breaker goes up before them. They break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. So their king goes on before them, and the Lord is at their head. Come on, somebody. I mean, what's it saying? It's saying that God is the God of breakthrough. Actually, Barna notes, notates the fact that this is a name given to our Lord and Savior. The breaker. Somebody said, I don't know how to break through. Well, you know the breaker. I don't know how to get out of this. Well, you know the, the God of the breakthrough. And if God is the God of the breakthrough, that I guarantee you he can see you through the trial, the tribulation, and the hardship that you're facing. Amen? So the, how does that demonstrate? Well, it's the love of God. How many know that God loves you? Isn't it amazing that there's a lot of people that doesn't recognize the love of God? Or they have a hard time receiving the love of God because of their own, uh, their own view of themselves. I'm not worthy, or why would God love me, or why would God care? But when you recognize that you have to cast down every thought and imagination that exalts itself above the love of God, and God says that you are the, the creation, you're His creation. You've been knitted together in your mother's womb before you were a twinkling in, in your mother's eye. God knew you. And he has a special plan for you. In Jeremiah 29, he says, I know the thoughts that I think about you, says the Lord of hosts. Come on. And when you think about think about that. God himself, the creator of heaven and earth, has thought about you. I don't know about you, but that just makes me want to run and shout a little bit. Come on. God 
the creator of heaven and earth knows me by name. He knows the number of hair on my head. He knows all about my life. He loves me even at my worst state. Think about this. Even at your worst state, even in the state that you thought nobody cared about you, the word of God tells me that even in that state, God himself sent his son into the world to die on the cross for me because he loved me in spite of, of the mess that I had made of myself. Wow. Isn't God gracious? You can look over that person beside and says, yep, God still loves you. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, he stated in Luke chapter 4 and 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to preach the gospel anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, when I think about this Micah chapter 2 and, and, and showing that the God of breakthrough goes before them, if you look at the whole chapter, it's literally, literally a warning to those who are being Oppressors. Mm. How many know that sometimes we, we feel oppressed? There are people who feel bound. There are people who feel brokenhearted and devastated because of life's ex experiences. They, they feel locked into emotion, emotional and mental and spiritual captivity. And the reality is, is that the they, they feel like they're a prisoner of fear, a prisoner of their own life. And it is only through the anointing of God that God can break them out of that prison that they, that they or the world has put them into. And Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free. Somebody say free. 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 Say it again. Free. The Lord wants to set the captives free. He doesn't want to see your, your loved one bound to drugs and addiction and abuses. He doesn't want to see them overwhelmed by life circumstances. He wants to see them walking in the emotional and spiritual and physical freedom that he has died on the cross for you to have. It was He bore our sins. He bore our guilt. He bore our iniquity. He bore all of that on the cross of Calvary. And it's that cross of Calvary that sets us free. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. So we need the breaking, breaker anointing to flow through each one of us. Amen. So that we can see lives being transformed, lives being changed. I mean, how many understand that we've gotten in such a society that we've We've begun to mix our politics with our Christianity. We've begun to mix all of the world's uh, characteristics into our Christianity. And let me tell you, there is only but one king. And his name is Jesus. There's only but one kingdom that we are living for. And that is the, king, that is the kingdom of God. Amen? And, 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 and that is what I want to promote. That is what I want to live in. That's what I want to operate in. That's the function that I want to have is walking in the kingdom presence and in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So if we recognize we need the breaking anointing, we recognize that, that these walls get built up, we have to also recognize that as we submit to him, 
We hear the words of Isaiah 43 and 6 when God speaks, says, I will say to the north, give them up. And I will say to the south, do not hold them back. Woo! You feel held back sometimes? You feel held up sometimes? Well, the Lord himself will break open and he'll break away every route that seems impenetrable. He will open doors that seem to be, uh, to be locked up and shut tight. He will open them up. He will make a way where there is no way. He, whatever seems to be blocked, he will open. Whatever seems to be a, a hurdle that you can't climb, he will make it a, a level ground so that you can overcome. This is not some ordinary person I'm talking about, right? This is not some ordinary person that's on our side. This is the king of glory, the king of kings. This is he who created the heavens and earth this is him who's able to do this amen? amen wow in the new testament or in the old testament there's many times you see invading forces and, and, and these invading forces would come in and they would use a battering ram to the gates when you think of the scripture in micah chapter 2 and 13 it's literally God himself being the batter ram that goes before us, that begins to beat down the gates that, that seem to bind us or seem to overwhelm us. When Peter tells, when Jesus tells Peter, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you, what he's saying is, is there's nothing standing in my way that I can't open up for you. And what the enemy has taken, what territory they tried to hold, I'm going to open a door and break through so that you can break out and do your work because I've called you in this time. Amen. I mean, when you look at the examples of, of this in the Old Testament, you see Moses. And, and through the whole story of Exodus, God's saying to Moses, I will do it. I'll make a way. I will open the door. But you know, sometimes I believe we sit down and we twiddle our thumbs saying, well, God's going to do this. God's got this. And, and we sit down. And we, we, it's as if we don't have to do anything. And yet, what activated God moving in was when, when Moses trusted the Lord that God would do it, he took bold action. He took an action to go in front of Pharaoh. Said, the Lord said, let my people go. Come on. I think too many times we're sitting back waiting for God to do something and God's saying, I've already given you the victory. I've already told you what to do. I've already said the land is yours. I've already said this is yours. And <laughs> Come on, right? And we're waiting and so, okay, God, give it to me. And God said, well, you've got to step into the water, son. You've got to speak something bold. You've got to step up. The word, the word of God tells us the righteous are as bold as a lion. If we keep sitting back waiting on God to do something, will we ever get anywhere? We, we live in such a, a society, in such an arena that, that just wants it hand-fed. Come on. Wants to give it to us on a silver platter. We, we expect everything to be handed to us. I want this and I want that and it should be mine because I'm an American and, and I've got the right to have it. Bunch of spoiled brats. Guys, I say that not, not being mean. Living in Honduras, seeing, seeing how the culture there is and seeing Americans go through lines and have to wait for hours in a bank line 
And, and it's, I mean, and, and look, I was one of those. I'd get in line and I'd get frustrated. I'm like, my Lord, if they just open up that line, that line, that line, we could all get this done. And, and, and all I saw was the inefficiencies, and all I saw was pride in myself. All I saw was irritation because I thought I should have my way. And so later on, as I kind of got acclimated to the customs and that everything's paid through the bank, if you have a light bill, you go to the bank. If you have a cell phone bill, you go to the bank. If you need a little money, you go to the bank. Everything's done at the bank. Drove me crazy. So I'd stand, I'd, I'd try to find the days I would guard gauge which days to go that nobody went to the bank or at least the fewest amount of people but I go sometimes and I see these fresh off the boat Americans come in you see them by their red face twiddling their thumbs God, I'm just getting mad <laughs> and I'd be over chuckling thinking yep I was there <laughs> I know exactly how you feel but we get so caught up in expecting God to be the Burger King God you can have it your way when you want it. And God's saying, no, I'm not aligning with you. You've got to align with me. And it might not look the way you think it should look. You might have to go through the hills and the valleys. You might have to face some trials and tribulations. You might have to go through some stuff and be tested so that I know that I can trust you with handling the anointing that I want to give you. I remember all these young preachers at Lee University in ministry 101. They had these super grandiose ideas of what they were going to do, right? When they got out of college, once again, I was one of those. I was going to blaze a trail throughout West. Matter of fact, one of the first gifts that Kim gave me when we were dating was a lantern. It wasn't because I like camping. It's because she thought, well, if he's going to go blaze a trail throughout the West, I'm going to give him something at least he can go and use on the, on the process. Yeah, I was one of those. But you hear these great ideas. I mean, some of these guys were going to come out and they were going to pastor these 3,000-member churches right off the bat. Hadn't preached one day in their life. Could barely, barely carry a tune in the bucket. <sighs> I'm God's anointed. I've been called of Him. Worship me as we... Oh, no, my. But we get so caught up in ourselves, And we have this mindset, it's, it's all about me. It's got to be about me. I've got to be comfortable. I've got to be happy. If I ain't happy, then I ain't worshiping God. It's not all about us. Look, if I pulled, if I went through this room right now and talked about theology, I could give one theological term and I could go through this room right now and probably find 20 different ideas on what they believe about that theological term. Right? I could go through here and talk about music. Oh, that's a touchy subject. 
We could talk about, well, I like this or I like that. I was riding around in Eli's 1966 Thunderbird yesterday with the AM radio. That works. And the only thing that I could get was twist and shout. I said, makes sense. I mean, makes sense. Only station works is the oldie station in the oldie's car. Oh, well. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. Every generation has its sound. Right? We just have to learn to appreciate everybody's sound. That'll preach, but I ain't got there. <laughs> but we get so caught up in trying to make it our way and do our thing, and, 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 and we feel like it's our rights, and yet, look, we are nothing without the presence and power of God. We, we, don't have, we don't have the tools to do what God wants us to do without God. That's why we use the, the, the slogan around here, everybody needs Jesus. Because no matter if you're standing behind a pulpit or sitting in a pew or greeting or, or whatever you're doing, everybody needs Jesus. Because we can't continue living a life of freedom without the presence of Christ Jesus living in us. Amen. Amen. So Moses had to take bold action to activate. He had to go before Pharaoh. He had to say, this is, this is God's people. Let them go. And as, they, as he made those steps, as he walked before Pharaoh, it was God who then opened and says, I will do it. Amen. I'll make a way. I will open the doors. I will show you that I will go before you and behind you. I will see you through it. Amen. 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 Is it hot in here or is it just me? I feel like I'm in a furnace. Dear Lord. We are, this, weather, this weather is about to drive me crazy, isn't it? Last week we were snowed in. This week is 70 degrees. I tried to get on this app and set things up, but man, it's just, what? What do you do? Cut the heat off, somebody, please. <laughs> I feel like I might take more of my coat off here in a minute. <laughs> Suck it in, look good, right? Amen. Who is the breaker? Who is the one who will open the door? When you think about the breaker as the king, it's, it's, it's also a kingdom authority. You've been given a kingdom authority. I mean, when we look in society, all kings have an authority or a reign or a territory that they manage or they control or they're over from the very beginning of time. All things in heaven and earth have been or originated from God, including all other authorities, all other kingdoms. But Colossians chapter 1 and 16 says, By Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or principalities or power, all things. Can you say all things? all 
all things were created through him and for him. All things. All things. So in other words, the breaker, the, the anointed one of God, the, the, the king of kings has the authority to go into any kingdom and take control. Y'all need to grab a hold of that. No matter what kingdom has tried to reign in your territory, in your life, no matter what throne has tried to be set up in your life, I'm here to tell you that the King of kings and Lord of lords has the authority to step into your situation and cast out everything that hinders his plan in your life. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 11 where there was the strong man. I mean, understand, here the Pharisees were looking at Jesus and saying, you're casting out devils by the devil, right? But Jesus began to help them understand that there's a strong man that enters the house and he guards his goods. I mean, know that when the enemy tries to take over, he wants to, he doesn't want to take over just a piece of you. He wants all of you. He wants all your goods. He wants all your life. But the Bible says that there's a stronger than the strong man. Somebody say stronger man. There's a stronger than the strong man that comes in and he casts him out. Come on. Now here's, there's a principle that goes along with this is that when you allow the stronger than the strong man to come in and cast out those places in your life where the enemies try to settle up camp in you and in your family and oppress you that when you when you allow the presence of God the stronger than the strong man to come in and, and cast out the enemy we have to then allow God to set up his living room in your life you get you can't just say well goodbye Satan and not allow the Holy Spirit to set up residence Bible tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then we need to let him have habitation in us. The throne room of our life needs to have Jesus Christ, not us, not anything else, but Jesus Christ sitting on that throne because if he's on the throne, then everything else falls in place. Everything else comes together. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, come on, will be added to you, right? We've got to let him set up his throne, let him set up his plan in our life. Amen. Amen. The breaker is not only we recognize that he's the king and the king of authority, but we also recognize that he's a covenant maker. There are many times that we find ourselves unfaithful. But I will say this. God is always faithful. God is always faithful. We talk about Jehovah God. Jehovah can also be stated as covenant keeper. He is a keeper of his covenant. His words do not fail. When he says something, it is yes and amen. It is done. It, you don't have to wonder, will God do this? If God said it, it doesn't matter if you even believe it. If God said it, it will be done. Deuteronomy 28 is, is a classic covenant chapter in the Old Testament. And it goes on and tells us of, of the covenant that God, will that God will have with us if we obey his word and believe in him. Come on. 
And so when you think about the Old and the New Testament, the, the word testament can also be stated as covenant. God has made a covenant with us. He wants us to walk in that covenant. Hebrews chapter 6, 17 through 20 says, Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the, to the heirs of promise, the immutability, His unchangeableness. How many know God's unchanging? Come on. Of His counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled from refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of our soul. Come on, somebody. Both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Come on. We have a promise keeper, a covenant keeper. He's already entered before us. He's already made a way. We don't have to... We don't have to wonder, can we enter the Holy of Holies? We can enter through the veil of His flesh. He's made a way for us. He says, come boldly before the throne of Christ. Come on, somebody. We've got to be willing to enter in. We've got to understand who He is and His desire for us. He is a king of authority, but He's also a covenant keeper, and He's called us to a promise in a covenant with Him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's all right. So in other words, our, our framework of how we live our life is to be lived with the understanding that we walk in covenant with God. Well, y'all ain't hearing me. Think about this. If God's called us and we're walking in His presence, following His will, what can stop us? No weapon forged against you shall prosper, right? When we recognize that nothing can stop us when we're walking the planet. Look, does that mean that we will not have weapons forged against us? Matter of fact, it declares that there's weapons forged against you, but they are, they are impenetrable. They're, in other words, they become ineffective. So... If you walk around and say, well, I'm a child of God, nothing's going nothing's to bother me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't want you to be misunder misunderstood or, or have false expectations. Absolutely, there's going to be things that you will face. There's going to be hardships and trials. Matter of fact, the Word of God tells us, it says, in this world you will have tribulations and trials. Somebody needs to reaffirm somebody. It's going to be hard sometimes. But the good thing is, is, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. You can look at the enemy and say, yes, you little devil, you. <laughs> I know somebody who, will, who has already put you in your place. Your lies mean nothing. Listen, if the devil's talking to you, you already know it's a lie. We give the enemy too much power because we believe what he says. And a lie becomes a truth if you believe it. That's kind of how the media operates. They say a lie long enough and that, that everybody believes it. And then they say, well. I didn't mean to go there. I'm sorry. 
But if the enemy keeps beating you down with a lie, you no good piece of trash, right? How many have ever felt that way before? Right? You're unworthy. I know what you've done. I mean, isn't he called the accuser of the brethren? If you're being accused, guess what? Look at him and say, oh, yeah, yep, you are absolutely right. That's who I used to be. That's who I used to be. But old things have passed away and all things become new. That's not who I am anymore. Romans 6 and 11 says, I consider myself dead to sin, right, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Every day I get up, the Apostle Paul says, I die daily. Every day I get up, I have to remind myself, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Yet, guess what? The life that I now live, I live in Christ Jesus, the one who died and gave himself for me. I consider myself dead. No longer living in that. That's not who I am anymore. You might accuse me, and if the enemy is accusing, then guess what? Just take it to my advocate. <laughs> Just take it to my advocate. He's got me. Because I have an advocate with a father. And his name is Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm closing. Believe it or not, it's 12 it's 11. I'm, wow. I must be hungry today. <laughs> the thing is, is that the church is moving out of the area of passive spectatorship and fearful leadership. We're moving out of the idea of what's in it for me. What, what can I get help with? How can I be blessed? What can I do to feel better? I, 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 I. And we're moving into an era where God is raising up a bold generation for the kingdom of God. We're ra God's raising up an army in this last day. And it's not... It's not an army that's going to put on the material artifacts of the world because he said the weapons of war, my warfare, come on, are not carnal but made mighty through God. But we're seeing an army going to rise up with a helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, with the whole armor of God, praying continually. And I believe that the latter-day revival is still at hand. Some people say, well, I, I, I don't know. We're, we're seeing such dark times. Guess what? Don't be such a pessimist. Yes, there's dark times, but that is when the light of God shines the brightest in darkness. If that mentality took place, guess what? Israel would have never left Egypt. If that mentality was the same mentality we have today, then Israel would have never left Babylon. But we need to understand that there's greater days before us. If we will surrender and submit ourselves to God, God will show himself faithful. And we will see the anointing of God breaking the yokes off of our family. See the yoke of God, the, the anointing of God breaking the yokes off of our children, our spouse, our co-workers, our community. One of the great 
evangelist went into a, a community in England and ran a revival. In that revival, man, the first few days was hard. He was ready to leave, ready to give up. This one little lady was praying. That night, she brought a group of people. They got saved. Sparked something massive. In a matter of weeks, bars were being shut down. brothels were beginning to close because it was the people who were sitting at the pub that got saved it was the prostitutes who were coming in being transformed by the power of God transformed the whole community I think sometimes we get in the mindset that we've already lost we get in the mindset, what can we do about this world? It's crazy. Can you imagine if every single one of us began to pray, began to fast, began to be fruitful for the kingdom of God? The Lord doesn't expect us. He didn't put an expectation on, you've got to reach this many, Jody. He didn't say that. Thank you, Lord. But I guarantee, guarantee you, Brandon, there's people in your sphere of influence that you can touch. Jeff, there's people that you can impact in your sphere of influence. And if we can just begin in our sphere of influence of walking out the principles of the kingdom of God that He's put in us, if we can begin to live it out in a daily basis, can you imagine if every one of us just touched one person? I don't know, there may be 180 to 200 people here in church today. Just think if 180 people went out and just touched one person, just began to invest in one person, just said, you know what? This person is broken, but I'm going to stick with them until God does something miraculous in their life. I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to push forward and invest in them. 180 becomes 360. And then we begin to disciple, we begin to prepare, we begin to equip, and we begin, begin to get others ready and set free from the bondages of the past. We see the breaker anointing coming forth, and they're being broke out of their situations, broke out of the trials, and broke out of the addictions, and broke out of all that stuff, and they become discipled men and women of God, and then 360 go out and reach, guess what? I think that's 720. And then 720 becomes 1,440. And over and over and over. It's not overwhelming. Because we're not operating 
in the kingdom of darkness. We're not operating under the authority of the enemy. We're not operating under the, the laws of the governing kingdom of darkness. We're operating in the laws of the kingdom of light. And how many know that, that God can transform somebody like this? The night that, that I turned my life over to Jesus Christ, I walked in an addict. You gotta realize it. I walked in an, an addict. I walked in broken. Walked in foul mouthed, no expectation to receive God. But that night, when the Lord touched me, and I don't know how it happened. But about four or five pews back, I was underneath the pew. Speaking in a heavenly language. I come to myself, snotty and teared flowing. But something on the inside had changed. I didn't feel that yuck. I didn't feel that pain. I didn't have that brokenness still waited on me. I, it was different. There was a peace that just swept over me, a joy that I just could not contain. That old Paul Dyer died that night. And somebody else left that place. I'd see people in the, in the grocery store. Your mama had me praying for you. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> transformed one night I believe God can transform lives and this morning I don't know what breakthrough you need maybe you have suddenly slipped away maybe you maybe you have been that one who has Looking in the mirror saying, how did I get here? Maybe I've been struggling. I just feel so dry. I feel, like, I feel like God's not listening to me anymore. I don't have peace. There's just a, a ball of turmoil in the, on the inside. And I'm, I'm tired of feeling this way. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Well, you don't have to. Because Jesus made a way. For you to have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come on. If you say, Pastor, I'm carrying a burden and I need to, I want to see God lift that for me. I know th this is this is boldness right here. When I say the righteous is bold as a lion. This right here, yeah, amen. This is boldness right here. Anyone else? Come on, yeah. Anyone else? See, I, I, I'm ready to let go. I'm, I'm tired of living under the bondage. I'm tired of living with the triggers that keep triggering my life. I'm tired of...
becoming angry. I'm tired of allowing the things of the world to influence me. I want to be set free. Anyone else? Can we give these a hand who's already come down? Amen. We celebrate this morning. Amen. If you're raising your hand, would you come? And I want to ask some of our prayer warriors to come and just get behind these. And I want us to pray. Amen. Amen. Close to the Lord, oh my. 
Such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, so, so wonderful. Such an awesome God, so selfless, so Right now, Father, God, we pray over this congregation. God, I'm believing that every legal assignment of the enemy be broken in Jesus' name. If you can, if the Lord brings something to your mind right now, if the Lord begins to, to reveal something to you that, that's in legal access for the enemy to to accuse you with, would you just begin to renounce that? Lord, we renounce any agenda that we have tried to do in our own self. We renounce trusting in ourselves. We renounce trying to, trying to do our own way. God, we rebuke every legal access the enemy has, every illegitimate throne that the enemy's tried to set up in my family, in my home, and in my life. Lord, I pray, God, that it be rebuked and cast down. Lord, I ask you, I ask you, Lord, that you arise to the throneship of my life. I ask you, God, to enter in and to cleanse and purify, just as David said, search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Lord, I'm asking you to search. I'm asking you to, to open my heart right now to your perfect will and plan. And Lord, that, that everything that has been done, every hardship, every hurt, every abuse, whether it be sexual, emotional, spiritual, whatever abuse has been made in my life that has caused a roadblock for me, in Jesus' name, we rebuke that and we, we renounce every power that we've allowed that to have over us and we say in Jesus name we are set free by the power of the Holy Spirit we're set free by the word of God and by the blood of the lamb in Jesus name 
We are your temple. We're your temple, Lord Jesus. We're your temple, Lord Jesus. You're welcome into the throne room today to be the Lord, the Master, and our God. We give it to you. In Jesus' name, the keys of authority. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We'll use those keys right now. The keys of authority. In Jesus' name, we bind ourselves to the perfect will of God. And we loose ourselves from everything that would hinder us from the plan of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Man, I don't know about you, but man, I just sense a freedom of the Holy Spirit here. I just sense there's some folks this morning that, that truly turned that over to Him. Amen. Ella. This past week. Look, it's happening in our young people in this church, folks. Ella wrote me a letter this week. And she said, Pastor, I went to, you need to word Billy Page page right here. Look, she went to, yeah, Amplify. And and I know something it was a struggle. It was a struggle. And she said, you know what? I made a decision to turn my life back over to the Lord. Amen. I'm so excited because I just sense there's a moving. And, 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 and look, we better get busy because these young people will take over. And I'm excited. Woo! Don't let anything distract you guys. Don't let anything hinder. Don't let anything offend. The enemy wants to offend, to get you to, to be divided. If, if there's something that happens that, that you start thinking, well, they don't like me anymore. Look, that is, that is the enemy. Don't let that take root. Let forgiveness and love and encouragement prevail. Bind together. In the presence of God, say, I am the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And we are better together. We are stronger together. We are anointed together. Listen to this, guys. Our youth group, this group of people right here, went to Daney Church of God two weeks ago to a youth event held by the state they were asked to do a drama. It was so anointed and powerful that the state youth director was there and says, hey, I want that group to do a drama at camp meeting. Now, some of us are like, well, what's camp meeting? We're going out and camp. Y'all... So camp meeting is, is a big state gathering of Church of God churches across the whole state. 
And so you're talking about 2,000, 3,000 people coming together. And our young people are going to be ministering on Friday night, youth night, where there's a whole youth mass choir. It's going to be amazing. And our youth group is going to be ministering at that event. Isn't that amazing? Come on. Yesterday, we had junior Bible quizzing right here. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? We hosted junior Bible quizzing. And, and here's the thing. Some people get into the competition. But you know what excites me? Is that young people are learning the Word of God. It's not a, look, it's not about trophies. And, and we like some trophies. But it's about pre preparation. Getting ready to fulfill the plan of God. Equipping children and young people to be disciples of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It was amazing. I'm so proud of our church for being able to host that event. So proud of the kids that were a part of that. They were amazing. It's awesome. Guys, we have some great things going on. Let's get active. Let's get involved. Let's encourage. Let's disciple. Let's evangelize. Let's win for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I was actually just going to come up and ask if I could mention, um, so we there were three churches here yesterday, us and a church from Oak Ridge and a church from Gallatin, which is north of Nashville. Um, and out of all the kids, there were maybe like 30 kids that quizzed. There were eight teams all together. Our church had two teams. The church from Gallatin had two teams and the church from Oak Ridge had six teams. Each team consisted of three to four kids. Um, one of our kids, Presley, got a medal for being ninth. Out of they, they medaled um, up to 10th place. So Presley got ninth. Leela, Adia, I'm sorry. I know, I, I know which one I'm talking about, but their names I mix up. I always think A is first, but L is first and then A. Okay, Adia made fourth, eighth. Just kidding. I thought she made eighth place and then Bennett made second place and then they did trophies so those were individual medals for their individual scores throughout the whole competition and then they did team uh, trophies and um, one of our two teams made second place got second place trophy and that included Bennett and Presley and Ben Sanders and Eli Fincham, right? It was that team of kids. Um, and so, of course, in JBQ, they say all the kids are winners just for showing up, for trying, for buzzing in, for answering questions. Um, they're learning the Word of God. But um, I just wanted to share that to say that um, our kids, our, the parents of our kids, um, and Miss Susan Fiala um, and Miss Candy Bowling, that they're, um, that it, it's really making a difference in our kids to be a part of that. Amen. 
If you would love to be a part of our children's ministry, we would love to have you uh, to be a part. There's a great plan to disciple our kids, and we'd love you to be a part of that. Listen, if you're not set free, it's not because the Lord hadn't made a way for you. It's because you haven't let him make a way for you. (laughs) You haven't given it over to him. Don't leave here today walking in brokenness. Leave today knowing that you are walking in the freedom and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you want somebody to pray with you after service, I guarantee you we have a couple folks that would absolutely love to meet with you to continue to pray. Amen. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that you want to have a relationship with us, that you want to communicate with us, and you want us to communicate with you. Lord, I pray that we will make our relationship with you the priority before everything else, that you will be glorified, that your kingdom will be advanced, and that we'll walk in the wholeness that you desire us to walk in. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Shake somebody's hand to be friendly. Yes, we're so thankful you're here today.